today because um, God's given me a message and I know I've been stirred by it and I pray that you get stirred in the same way that I have. Uh, so just pray with me and I pray this that even though many of us have had late nights, had a late night last night, but that we be stirred by the message this morning. Father, I just want to thank you for your anointing. I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for this fellowship. I want to thank you, Lord, for the freedom that we can have when we come together and worship you, Lord. I want to thank you for the saints here. And I want to thank you for a speaking God that speaks through us through his word. In your name, Jesus Christ, we pray. And I pray, Lord, that you help me deliver what you put on my heart so the hearts of the people can receive it. In your name, Jesus Christ, amen. I was reminded as preparing for this, oh, it's been maybe a month ago or more of Jono. Some of you remember when he had all these blocks up here in that big hammer and he was smashing the walls that Satan had built up in all of our lives at times. But lives and the people that are out there in the world, he totally, totally shattered everything and the walls came tumbling down. I told him today he's got to do the second phase and see what life is like after the walls came down because that's the glorious part. That's the, the part that God wants us to be walking in. I was remembering when Tim was shared here a few weeks ago about being plugged into the vine. And Jesus said this, apart from me, you can do nothing. And that was a great picture that Tim got. And I, you know, it's something that we ought, that so should be ingrained with us because we are constantly being challenged today out there in the world where we realize that apart from Jesus Christ and being plugged into the vine, I can't do nothing. But you just studied that. What does that mean? He said a lot in that. You can spend a long time studying just about what that means. But I was also uh, heard a teaching by Brent Jones, and he said the biggest battle that we have today is to believe for the world, to believe what the book says. In worship time, you know, we heard it this morning, we were worship. If only you believe, just believe, just believe. That word is being so challenged today to believe. The enemy is doing everything in its power to take away that measure of faith with us. Believe in Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, I mean, the word has been written for us to believe what it says in there. It's amazing how we can read it, but we don't believe what we're reading so many times for people. It's amazing how many people don't believe what they're reading. The enemy wants to blind the eyes of so many people. I'm so excited about when I see the worship team up here. When you just look at it, sometimes it's good to stop and just watch. You know, sometimes I don't even dance. I just like to watch. Yeah. You know what? When you watch them, you can see 
that they're moving in fate. You can see they're excited about what they're doing. And you can see they're very confident. And you can see that they're caught up in the Spirit of God. Amen? And that can be so encouraging for us. And God is saying this. I want my people to have, be a people of faith. Is uh, Scott Conley. Could you come up here, please? Scott, would you sit in that chair, please? Yes, sir. Thank you. It's a comfortable chair. Thank you. You can go back. Yes. Thank you, Scott. God loves you. I love you too, Scott. But I remember here a while ago, um, it was Morgan, Chrissy and Doug's little daughter, that she was sitting on a chair. And the chair went backwards, or whatever it did, and she fell off. And she bruised herself. And she cried. And every one of us hurt with her. She cried. How many of us have fallen off of a chair when we were young and you know, when I asked Scott to come up here, he put on this demonstration, and he sat in the chair. I mean, he had such faith. Isn't that incredible, the faith he had? He didn't even look if the legs were attached, right? He just plopped his body on there and just sat down with confidence, right? Didn't he? You know what? We have faith in the chair. And God is saying, I want you to have faith in me. God is saying this, I want you to have faith in you. It's easy to say, I got faith in God. It's easy to read in this word and have faith in that. My dilemma is, do I have faith in me? Do I have faith in me? I have faith in the chair. But do I have faith in me? Peter and, was it Peter when he was, John and Peter when they were working up the steps? They had such faith. And this person asked for gold and silver, whatever it was. They said, I have neither of that. But be healed in the name of Jesus. John had faith, so did Peter that what was in them, they could give to someone else. Let me read this scripture to you. Before I go there, this, by the way, is a $10 bill. It's real. I can spend it. And I can buy something with it, and I don't have to worry that it's counterfeit. When I go to the gas station, I am very confident that I'm going to get $10 worth of gas. Now, the federal government, maybe you've maybe heard this before, they don't study counterfeit money. It's been said. They study the real thing. They know everything about this $10 bill. They know it so well 
And they spent hours and hours being trained on that. That if ever a counterfeit comes, they are able to spot it immediately. Isn't that right? Remember the chair now and remember this. Because God wants us to know his word, to know his plan, to know his calling on my wife, on my life, to the... <laughs> yes, as my wife gets to know her calling, I get blessed, right? <laughs> but, my, but God wants us to know the calling upon our life, to know the word, to know the direction, to be so perfected in it that when the enemy throws something my direction, I recognize it right away. I recognize it. It's of the wrong spirit. God's intent for me is to walk in such a way with such confidence that I can rest on that like Scott when he sat on that chair. He sat on there with boldness. He sat on there with confidence. Now it is God that made the things that make the chair. And we have faith in that. How much greater is God who has taken my hard heart and changed it so that I can know that I'm the son of a living God. Isn't that right? What an awesome plan God's got for me. Let's look at this. Because one of the things is, the enemy also has got a plan. In Proverbs, by the way, I won't take you there. Uh, in Proverbs 23, 7, it says this. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. We can read everything in Scripture, but what I am inside is what I really am. What I am inside is my, what my real walk is. I can fool a lot of other people, but I really know me. And so does God know me. Isn't that right? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Okay, let me take you now to 1 John 3, verse 27. Let's start at verse 20. 1 John chapter 3, verse 20. Even if our heart condemns us, for God is greater than our hearts, He knows everything. Dear friends, if I conscience is clear, we can come to God with bold confidence. And we have received what we request because we obey him and do the things that pleases him. And this is his commandment. We must believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he has commanded us. Those who obey God's commandment live in fellowship with him and he with them. And we know he lives because the Holy Spirit 
lives within us. And that is a big key here. Because I want to talk, it's amazing on how many people are more sin conscious than God conscious. I know this, that the scripture says this, that Jesus came what? To destroy the works of the devil. Isn't that right? And one of the works of the devil is, he knows I'm saved, he knows I'm baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, but for some reason, if he can keep a little guilt within me, if, he can, if we can get a hold of my conscience so that I don't feel right before God, he'll prevent me from being useful in the Lord. Today in worship, we heard it was said, he removed the guilt. And that's why when we study the dollar, or the, the federal government studies the 20 or the 10, they know everything about it. We need to know the word so well. We need to know what the blood has done for us. That it was washed me totally clean. I remember, um, well, Mrs. P Mick and Mrs. Pingator, remember back in the older days, I don't know if they do it here anymore, when you used to wash clothes, okay, and they put them on the line for the breeze to, and the wind to dry them. They looked so clean. They looked so pure. I mean, they were just as white as snow. The Word of God says this, that with, because of Jesus' blood, my heart can be so clean, it's as white as snow. Isn't that right? Okay. Well, I remember when my mother used to do that, used to hang, hang the clothes out, and it was a lot of work uh, doing that, put them on the line. And I remember when I was just a little kid, and uh, one day I was playing, my, kid, my brothers and sisters and I was playing, and was playing in some of the mud. And we were playing hide-and-go-seat, and I started to run in the middle of the clothesline. And all of a sudden, there was muddy prints on some of the shirts. Mother wasn't too pleased with me. <laughs> Nevertheless, I can share this. I never did that again. <laughs> but I was reminded of on how we go before God and we ask forgiveness. We totally feel clean. And somebody's come our way. And we listen to gossip. Or we listen to this whisper, or we listen to somebody else. And all of a sudden, what was clean is now unclean. And that's why scripture says this be careful on what we say, be careful of our tongue because there's so much of it out there. That's why it says encourage one another daily. Because God's intent is for us to be always clean. Because a person that has got a clean heart, his conscience is clear. It's amazing what you can do with that person. I mean, like I asked Scott, I asked Scott to come up here told him to sit down in the chair. You notice he asked no questions why. 
He didn't say, God, what are you going to try to do? He was totally obedient. And he came down and sat in the chair. And even though he may have felt, what would you bring me up here for? When I asked him to go sit down, he was obedient and sat down, right? See, I believe when we have a clear conscience before God, that God can speak to us in that way. He can speak to us in that way because we have no hindrance. We can hear, we know his word, we've studied it. I've studied my life to the point that I know God's calling on my life. I know that God knows and God knows that I know. I know that God's called me as an ambassador to represent him. And when I stand before God as though I've not sinned, I have a zeal and an excitement about who I am in Christ. I've got faith in God. I've got faith in the calling of God upon my life. I am a free man. I am so excited to get up when I get up in the morning that I kick off my robes and I do that, get in a shower because I'm ready to beat the day. But I can tell you there are times I've gone to bed not that way. I didn't want to feed me. I didn't want to meet next day. I have been duped and stooped and whatever you might call it by the enemy of many a times. I've gone the route of feeling sorry for myself, feeling sorry for the opinion my wife has of, of me, feeling sorry that somebody else misunderstood me, feeling sorry for myself that I didn't have an education when I went to high school, that I worked on the farm and never took a book home, never learned how to be a proper communicator. I used to credit myself, myself for all of that stuff. Till one day God touched me and says, son, I am pleased with you. I didn't have to feel any more guilt. We face a world today that the enemy has totally brainwashed. We face a world today where the guy's grown up on the wrong side of the railroad tracks. And back in my hometown, if you was already, if you was born on that side of the railroad tracks, you already had a reputation that you weren't worth very much. There are some that have been, have many hurts. Because there's been divorce in the family. And because there's been divorce in the family, the son or daughter don't feel loved. They not have love by their mom and dad. Not have love by their brothers and sisters. And when they've gone to high school, they have felt rejection there. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And you know what? That has taken such a toll on some people that even there's some in this fellowship don't feel that they're worthy to be used by God. Because they didn't have the proper clothes to wear. 
Others had money when they were young, but they did not have it. Satan has taken and smeared the image that they have of themselves. He says, I know you're born again. I know you're baptized and filled with the Holy Spirit. But you got the wrong image of yourself. And God's intent is for us to have the right image of ourselves. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? Amen. Let's look at this scripture. In Ephesians 3.19. Let's start at 18, okay? At eight, verse 18, Ephesians. You know, I looked, I said three. Ephesians 1, sorry. Ephesians 1, verse 18. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the wonderful future. I pray that the heart be flooded with light so that you can understand the wonderful future. Can you imagine? I mean, I see kids going to college today and some of the struggles that they have. Can you imagine that they are so grounded in Christ, in the fellowship with Christ, that as they preparing in college, they see nothing but a wonderful future ahead of them. The world today, by the way, doesn't pay, doesn't give a good future for kids going to college today. It just doesn't. There's a lot of stress when they get done, when they get their degree going out into the marketplace. It's incredible the stress that some of them have. Jesus said, I want to give you a wonderful future, right? Yeah. Isn't that incredible? That when you're going to school, it's not that you're studying for yourself, but you and God are studying together. God's with you in it. See, that's the foundation God wants us to rest on, okay? Right, he has promised to those he's called. I ask myself this question here. Has God called you, me? Has God called you? Do you know the calling upon your life? So the enemy can't throw a counterfeit in there. Do you know it so well that you can quote it? I want you to realize what a rich and, and glorious inheritance he has given to his people. That's exciting, isn't it? That doesn't mean just money. I mean, I'm already being part of that inheritance right now. I'm tapping into his power. I mean, I've got a, my heart has been totally cleaned up, isn't it right? Man, I mean, that's exciting. Would you read that? Would you stop and meditate on that? You know what? That God has given to his people. I'm one of his people. Right. Amen. Is that right? Okay. I pray that you will begin to understand the incredible greatness of his power for us who believe him. 
Oh, this is exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I, you think about this, okay? This is the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly places. Amy, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Hallelujah. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. Enemy says you have nothing. You're just a little human being. Yeah, you're born again and but this says here that the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. I got faith in God. Do I have faith in the God-given spirit that has been put in me? One of the biggest things that we have to do with going to the marriage workshop is not so much teaching marriage principles or what Don Dano teaches, or Carol teaches. It's bringing people into the realization that this married couple is a son and daughter of the living God. And the son and daughter of a living God who can walk before God being led by the Spirit and have no guilt in that, no guilt in their relationship with God, or with each other, is heaven in that home. And it's a glorious, joyful relationship. And whoever comes in that home can feel the presence of God. That's God's intent. Now you just put your name on what I said. I, Jono, have within me the Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead. Isn't that what it says? You know what? If you believe that, we say that, right? And walk in that and practice that and understand that, there is no way the enemy is going to throw a counterfeit lie in my direction. Because I'll recognize it and I won't believe it. And if I stumble, I'm going to run fast to get it right. Because I've experienced the glory. Am I right? I've experienced sonship. I've experienced Jesus Christ poured in my heart. I've experienced the Father's love on me. And Satan, you have no authority in my life. None whatsoever. There's a lot of things I may not have right. I don't look right. And I may be too tall, too fat, too skinny, whatever. But I've had the touch of a living God. And now I am important to God. Isn't that right? And you can take that one to the bank. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know what? Another thing that excites me about Jesus. I noticed when my mother, when she washed the clothes, she took them dirty undies and dirty clothes. And she put, she put them in the wash machine and closed the door. I never seen him again till they were king. You know what? That's the way Jesus does it with us. When I get in the secret place, or sometimes there's a message that comes up here, repent. He doesn't advertise it to everybody to look at it. He looks at our heart. 
And he says, we got some dirty laundry here. Let's put it under the blood and get it washed. Nobody sees it. I don't have to be embarrassed. I can just be excited when I see the new clothes, right? The Lord doesn't advertise my dirty laundry for the world to see. The Lord wants to see me clean. He wants to see me, the testimony that is within us, be advertised to the world. He's so proud of you and I, he says, I'm going to put you on a hill. And I want the light to shine through you in such a way that there is the world to see it. And they'll believe because your light shines in that way. Isn't that right? Amen. Let's go to Ephesians 4, 24. This is why the Lord says this. Put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God. Has been created in righteousness and holiness of truth. From the day that I became born again, the Holy Spirit has had one responsibility to keep changing me. I can stop it. I can fall in sin and stay in sin and stop it. But its goal is this, to keep changing me so that I become more Christ-like. And I find this out, that the more Christ-like I become, the more I study God's word about being a husband, the more pleased my wife is. Because as I am taking on the nature of Christ, being loving, being forgiving, and having her interest be my interest, the more pleased she is, and the more, I know this, that when my wife is happy, everybody happy in the house. <laughs> when my wife not happy, not too many people happy in the house. <laughs> so, there are great benefits to being Christ-like. So therefore, <laughs> lay aside falsehood. Speak truth, each one of you, with his neighbor. For we are members one another. I want to say something about speaking truth to your neighbor. We don't only speak that that is encouragement. Sometimes we need to speak that that challenges the person or maybe gives them a rebuke. But all I know is this, when I prayed first, there's always the softness of God in it. When I don't pray, nobody wants to be told their faults. They just, I don't like it. I don't know about you, but I don't like it. But I know this, that when Carol reminds me of my faults, and I have many, when she prays first, there is a softness that I have to receive. I may not always agree with her, 
But always I say this, there must be some truth to what she's saying if she's seen it. And we are able to receive it so much different. It says, be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And do not give the devil an opportunity. He who steals must steal no longer, but rather he must labor, performing with his own hands at what is good, so that he will have something to share with whoever has a need. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, from whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. And be kind-hearted to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ in Christ, just as God in Christ Jesus has in you. Now I ask this question. Why did he have to write that? And I just got done talking that you're a mighty sainted God and God's spirit is planted within you. And he writes this. It don't sound right, does it, huh? You know what it's saying? It's possible for me to stumble. It's possible that I speak the wrong things out of my heart. And if that happens, it's, it's so important I get my heart right right away. That's why this spring to this, put on the new self. Put Christ on you. What, that's what it means. He writes this over here because it's possible. We have our own free will. We can put into our heart whatever we want. Some of the things, if we keep sowing into it, the wrong things, out of it the wrong things will come. If we sow a lot of negative things that come across television today or newspaper, did you know that any time you, that you read the newspaper or you listen to the news on TV, there's so much negative, so much destruction of the human being. It's incredible. A lot of destruction that goes on there today is... If I can destroy somebody else, it makes me look better. And that's the attitude that is out there. If I keep filling myself up with that, I'll have a rough time and a hard time sitting on the chair. But if I keep filling myself up with the Word of God, if I keep fellowship with God, and if I have friends around me that'll build me up instead of tearing me down, I, it'll cause me to want to excel more in my own life because I won't be a man of discouragement, but I'll be a man that's an overcomer. I'll be a man that's going to be like the two spies. Twelve spies went in, and only two of them have faith. That's the percentage that we're dealing with in the world today. I want to be one of those two that have faith. I want to be one of those that are an overcomer regardless of the situation. And when a challenge comes my way, the first place I want to do is go into the presence of God because I know that God's got the answers. And that's what I want to build my future on. I believe this. and Let me take you to this scripture. And let's see where I'm at. We have a great 
fellowship here. If you don't believe, there's a lot of great other churches in Tawa. Go around, like Tim says, visit some other churches. I think we are happen to be fortunate here that we have such spirit-filled people in worship, on the worship team. That even though you can't follow everything they do, <laughs> I can't dance like some of them can dance. But I know when they're dancing. You know why they're dancing? They're experiencing the joy of Jesus. And that touches me. But I believe this, that there's a lot of people that are coming here what I'm going to read. But I do know this, God is asking for more. But before I read this, I'm going to have Laurie Dino come up here. She came up here and shared with me a picture God gave her, okay? Come up here, Laurie. By the way, Laurie didn't know what I was sharing on this morning. During worship, um, the Lord gave me a picture of a person with a mirror in their hand, a small handheld mirror. And they picked the mirror up and looked at themselves in it. And they saw um, blemishes and imperfections and just ugliness. They were carrying this mirror around with them and they just kept looking in it. And um, they said, I saw God with a big mirror, a big full length magnifying mirror. And God says, look in my mirror. And when the person looked in his mirror, they saw perfection. They saw beauty. They saw Jesus. And God says, quit carrying around that little mirror that the enemy has given you and break it. <laughs> Throw it away. It's not going to bring you bad luck. It'll bring you freedom. And look at God's mirror and see what he sees when he looks at you. Not don't believe the lies that the enemy wants you to believe about yourself because that's not God's word. You look in God's word and you look at God's truth. Look in his mirror and see what he sees. Amen. Good. Amen. Good. Okay. In closing, I want to read this. This is the picture. that I get. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, that you may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you were once not a people but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my Lord. Hallelujah.
Father, I want to thank you for that picture that you gave Lori. We use a magnifying glass to see the blemishes. But you show us the whole man. You show us what you want us to become. Father, we bring ourselves before you. Lord, I know that I've not been perfect. I know that I've messed up. I know that the enemy has smeared my name. And he still tries today. But I confess that before you, Lord. That all these areas in my life that I've been discouraged <laughs> with. Father, I closed the door on that past. I closed the door on that past. Holy Spirit, I pray that you come and enlighten my heart. That areas that I need to close the door more so. And even put a padlock on it. So that it never visits me again. I want to stand, Lord, in your righteousness. I want my foundation and my life to be built on you, Lord Jesus. That spirit that you planted in me is a spirit of power. It's a spirit of overcoming. It's a spirit that can control all things within me. I will not give myself into temptation because greater is that spirit that is within me than is that that it's in the world. By your power, I can control things in my life. And I don't have to be controlled about situations on the outside. Father, I invite you. I invite you to come in my heart. And like the description of the wash machine, I pray, Lord, that you forgive me. I also, Lord, forgive myself. I forgive myself for the times that I've been disobedient, for the times you've spoken and I've not acted accordingly. I forgive myself, God. And Holy Spirit, there are any other areas that you know that has held me back. I give you permission to examine all of me so that I can stand before you as a proud son and daughter of a living God. And we want to give all the glory to Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You're dismissed. Enjoy the Super Bowl. But don't get mad. <laughs>